Holy Week is the week between Palm Sunday and Easter. For the church, it is a time of devotion to the passion of Jesus Christ, a time of significance where we consider the journey of Jesus toward the cross, his steps, his actions, his care, his love, his sacrifice. And today reading for us, we have Buchanan campus pastor, Ben Curtis. Thanks for joining us. Today we'll be reading from John chapter 16, uh, beginning in verse 16. And the pattern that I want us to, to notice in this first reading, this is an important principle I think that really just stands out. And I want you to listen uh, for this theme throughout, that crucifixion sorrow always leads to resurrection joy. So we begin reading in John chapter 16, verse 16. Jesus said, in a little while, you will no longer see me. Again, in a little while, you will see me. Now, we understand what Jesus is talking about, but the disciples didn't because they're caught up in the moment. So verse 19 says that Jesus knew they wanted to ask him. And so he said to them, are you asking one another about what I said? In a little while, you will not see me. Again, in a little while, you will see me. Truly, I tell you, you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. So clearly he's talking to them about the crucifixion. You will become sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. And there he's talking about the resurrection. And he gives this analogy in verse 21. When a woman is in labor, she has pain because her time has come. But when she has given birth to a child, she is no longer or she no longer remembers the suffering because of the joy that a person has been born into the world. So you also have that sorrow now, but I will see you again. Your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. Verse 23, In that day you will not ask me anything. Truly I tell you, anything you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Verse 24, Until now you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy may be complete. If we could just pause there, they, they had never prayed. They had certainly prayed, but they had never prayed in Jesus' name before the resurrection. But they're getting ready to approach the Father. They're getting ready to ask in Jesus' name. And they're going to experience, as a result of the cross and the resurrection, they're going to experience a reality, an intimacy with God. And they're going to experience answered prayer in a way that will bring about that fullness of joy that he's speaking about. Indeed, verse 32, he says, An hour is coming and has come when each of you will be scattered to his own home. He's alluding to Zechariah 13, verse 7. And Zechariah will come up again in our Matthew reading in just a moment. He says, And you will leave me alone. Jesus is going to be all left alone. Yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. But the problem is right now, if we could just kind of pause and talk about what's happening, the disciples are just so overwhelmed with their grief. They, they have no idea what God is doing. Uh, you know, they had thought that Jesus was the Messiah, but Jesus has just told them that he is going to die. In their understanding, Messiahs don't die. Messiahs conquer Messiahs are victorious. Messiahs are certainly not crucified on Roman crosses. And all of this is swirling around in their minds, and they're, they're just wondering, how did we get to this place? I mean, we, we've left everything to follow Jesus. 
We saw him heal the sick. We've witnessed him raise the dead and, and feed the hungry and preach to the crowds. And, and even recently, we, we watched him as he rode into Jerusalem on the back of a donkey to fulfill a prophecy from the Old Testament. But, but this, this is, this is just not what we signed up for. This is not what we had expected. And you know, most of us find ourselves at that place in life at some point. You know, maybe someone that, that you love right now is in the hospital and you're prevented from, from going to see them. And there's just a terrible pain and an agony with, associated with that. Maybe you're, you're going through some sort of a, just a terrible financial crisis or a loss of job. Or maybe it's your marriage. It just seems to be completely unraveling. And we wonder at times, what is God up to? Why am I here? What, what is all of this about? What I want us to see with the disciples is that the very thing that caused them their greatest pain, the crucifixion of Jesus, that actually becomes the foundation of their greatest joy, forgiveness of sin and eternal life. So just a short time later, these, these crucifixion sorrows are about to escalate now. And so we turn over to Matthew chapter 26, verse 17. This reading actually goes through verse 75. Uh, we're not going to be able to read all of that, but I am going to read uh, a portion of that to us. So it's now Thursday of Holy Week, and here's what I hope that you'll see in this. As the, the crucifixion sorrow uh, intensifies, I want us to see that Jesus is intentional, and he is completely in control of what's happening. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He knows who, he knows when, he knows how. And it appears to the disciples, it appears maybe from a worldly perspective that everything is just chaos and tragedy as we read this passage. But what I want us to realize and what I want us to see is that Jesus is in the driver's seat and he's carrying out the will of God. Matthew 26, I'm going to begin reading in verse 17. On the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? Go into the city to a certain man, he said, and tell him, the teacher says, my time is near. I am celebrating Passover at your place with my disciples. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. When evening came, he was reclining at the table with the twelve. And right here, this is when Jesus just drops a bombshell on his disciples. Verse 21, while they were eating, he said to them, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. Deeply distressed, each one began to say to him, Surely not I, Lord. He replied, The one who dipped his hand with me in the bowl, he will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for him if he had not been born. Judas, his betrayer, replied, Surely not I, Rabbi. You have said it, he told him. As they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, gave it to the disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup and after giving thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
So Jesus is preparing both himself and his disciples for his own death. And so he gives this Passover meal. This is a meal that had been celebrated by the Jewish people for centuries. It was uh, uh, remembering their exodus from Egypt. And now Jesus is giving this meal an entire new meeting. There's a new exodus. God is bringing out a new people uh, from out of bondage. And so he says from now on, this loaf of bread and, and this cup of wine are going to represent his body uh, the bread representing his body that would be sacrificed and, and the juice representing the blood that he would shed on the cross. Verse 31 continues, Then Jesus said to them, Tonight all of you will fall away because of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. So again, there's our second quotation from Zechariah, Zechariah chapter 13, verse 7. And what he's saying is that ultimately what takes place in Peter's life is going to take place in all of the disciples' life. Verse 32, but after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. I want you to notice Jesus' intentionality and just his great care for his disciples. In the midst of this confusing time, this troubling time, he's, he's telling them exactly what's going to happen. Verse 33, Peter told him, even if everyone falls away because of you, I will never fall away. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to him, tonight before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Even if I have to die with you, Peter said to him, I will never deny you. And all of the disciples said the same thing. As we continue to read the story, we'll find that Judas will betray him and, and Peter will deny him. And ultimately all of the disciples will scatter just as Jesus had told them. Verse 36, then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he told the disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful. There's that crucifixion sorrow that always comes before resurrection joy. He was sorrowful, it says, and he was troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he fell face down and prayed, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, not yet not as I will, but as you will. And as the story continues, we won't read it. We'll allow you to read this in your own time, but, but a mob is going to approach Jesus. Eventually, the, Jesus is going to be taken and tried before the Sanhedrin, and, and, and Peter is going to deny him. But, but you know, right now in these moments, I want you to think about Gethsemane as this mob approaches Jesus. And at that very moment, you know, here we expect an unarmed man to just completely crumble under the pressure but what we see instead is Jesus completely in control of the situation. In verses 54 and 56, if you read on, he even says these things must happen so that the scriptures could be fulfilled. You know, since the fall of Adam and Eve, it's safe to say that there was never a darker moment in a garden than the night that these soldiers came and seized our Savior. He could have destroyed them in, in just the blink of an eye, but the reality is he was completely in control. He was on a mission. He had a purpose. He had a cup to drink. And he did all of this because he loves us. You know, John's account says that, that Jesus replied in this same uh, episode. He replied, if you're looking for me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the words that he had said. I have not lost one of those that you have given to me. And I think that's so cool that, that the good shepherd, this is his hour of greatest need, and yet we find him protecting and caring for his own people, that the good shepherd is standing between his followers and his enemies, 
And he offers himself in their place. He says, take me to the soldiers, not them. I'm the one you want. And that is the greatest demonstration of love that we will ever see. Jesus placing himself between his enemies and his disciples. You know, in just another day, he's going to do the exact same thing on the cross. Except this time, he's going to place himself between us as his enemies and his heavenly father. And on that cross, as he goes there again voluntarily, as he goes there completely in control, he will bear the sins of the world. And I don't know about you, but I feel just overwhelmed that Jesus would be willing to drink the cup of God's wrath for me. That he was not only willing to defend his disciples from his enemies, but he was willing to bear the judgment of God for the sins of the world. We, we should be overwhelmed by that reality. You know, the disciples right now, they're still confused. They're trying to make sense of everything. And the world around them just seems to be completely coming unglued. You know, that's the way we feel sometimes. Maybe that's how you felt in recent weeks. We feel surrounded. We feel overwhelmed. And yet, at the very same time, many people these days feel just isolated and lonely. And we ask, how did I get there? I, I just can't see God in any of this. But you know, I want to reassure you from God's Word today that everything was unfolding according to God's plan. And ultimately, even in our day, everything is unfolding according to God's plan because God knows where things need to be in order to accomplish what He has purposed. And in just a few days, these disciples, their crucifixion sorrow will turn into resurrection joy. Father, we want to thank you so much today for your word. We thank you for the simplicity of it. We thank you for the beauty of it. We thank you for the depth of it. And Father, we ask in Jesus' name that your spirit would take your word and use it in the lives of your people this day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. To continue this time of devotion, you can go to our website to find more resources for you and your family. Also on Good Friday, we have connected with several Christian artists and put together something special that you do not want to miss. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you tomorrow as we continue on this Holy Week journey.